Each and every week, Homeschool Think Tank shares two podcast episodes with you. While our Monday episode is all about mindset, the other episode is all about homeschooling. I decided to start sharing a weekly episode about mindset because I've seen the difference that it makes in my own life. To learn more about how we serve homeschool families, visit homeschoolthinktank.com. My name is Jackie, and welcome to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. So do you ever feel like you need a little bit of help getting it all done or prioritizing your time? That is what today's episode is all about. It is about prioritizing your time, and we're going to share a step-by-step guide on how to do that. So here's what I think. I think every parent has a lot of responsibility on their plate. And as homeschooling parents, we have one more responsibility. We are 100% responsible for our children's education. And with that in mind, we have to prioritize our time well. Now you already know that prioritizing your time is important, but putting this idea into action is easier said than done. I know I am speaking from experience. And this is a step-by-step guide that I have developed through my own thinking, through trying to solve my own problems, and by listening to a lot of other content in the form of video or books or blog posts or podcasts, just a lot of different things over the last few years. So I've pulled this together to make my own formula, if you will, on how to prioritize your time. Now, I do want to give you a warning because I know, I know we're all parents here. This is Homeschool Think Tank. We have kids and you might already be dismissing the idea of planning your week. And let me say, if you're dismissing this as quickly as you're hearing about it, I really think you need this guide. I think this because I know that planning will save you massive amounts of time. So if you are feeling unorganized or scattered, please, seriously, please, don't dismiss this guide. Instead, take action. Start by listening and actually considering how you can implement these ideas. I want you to remember that progress is better than perfection. And when you repeatedly implement this step-by-step guide to prioritizing your time, you will make progress. Now, before we get started, be forewarned, it would be easy to get stuck in the beginning steps. I know this because years ago when I first started trying to do this, I got stuck in the beginning steps. (laughs) So make yourself move forward. Don't get too hung up in the beginning steps. Now here's a suggestion. Write down what comes to mind quickly. Don't get bogged down with the details. When you go through this exercise each week, you will have the opportunity to reflect, redirect, and refocus with a an updated plan. And this is a weekly exercise that you should go through, and especially toward the tail end of this. And this will get easier each time you implement it, and it will get quicker. It might take you a couple of hours if you are historically unorganized or you don't plan well. It might be a little harder, but even if all you carve out is 15 minutes and just do something, this will help. It will help. I promise. So yes, it will get easier each time that you go to do this. All right, here is step one of prioritizing your time. You want to reflect, redirect, and refocus. So reflect, redirect, and refocus. 
Now, let me explain this. You want to look at how you really spend your time. You really want to start making a list of all the things you do each week. You want to include every big and little thing that you can think of. Just write it all down. And I really am a firm believer in writing on a piece of paper. I think it goes a lot further. And I know there is science that backs that as well. So definitely write this down. And then what you want to do is organize this list into various sections. Some categories that come to mind are kids, personal things, home, marriage, work, social time, errands, and driving time. Don't forget the driving time. We all drive more than we think we do. Now, then you're going to take an educated guess about how much time you spend on each activity. There are some things that you can probably actually truly figure it out. I can, for the most part, mathematically figure out about how much time that I spend driving each week because I repeat the same things every week, right? The laundry seems to be a little less easy to calculate because you might go start it and then you end it, but when did you start and end up? I don't know. So those types of things might be a little more difficult to just take an educated guess about, but I'm betting you spend more time doing these things than you think you do. Now, if you want a more accurate account of where and how you spend your time, you can log your time over the course of a few days or a week. And what you would do is, let's say when you get up in the morning, when your alarm first gets out, goes off, you could actually, you know what time it goes off. Now, when you actually get out of bed, write down how much time it took you to get up. And then how much time does it take you to prepare for the day? How much time does it take you to eat breakfast or fold that load of laundry, all of these things, you can do this. I personally have not been very effective at this. I have tried to do a time journal, but here's what I end up doing is I might remember to write down one thing when I started it, but I tend to forget to write down when I finished it. And maybe I forget the next thing on the start time. So I have not actually kept a time journal, but I have actually written down and taken an educated guess about how much time I spend doing different things but do what works for you. Now, I want you to observe your own thoughts here. Observe the thoughts and the feelings that come to mind when you actually look at where your time is going. Do you look at some things and feel happy about it? Do other things frustrate you? Observe it. Don't judge yourself, just observe it. And instead of being judgmental about how you spend your time, consider being curious instead. So instead of going, dang, I can't believe I'm spending this much time doing this. That just irritates me. Say, why am I spending this much time doing this? And start asking yourself questions because what you might find is that you don't actually need to be spending time doing some things. And other things you might look at and go, well, I should be spending more time hanging out with my kids, right? And then ask yourself, why aren't I? Why aren't I doing that? So really think about and observe your feelings about these things, but then get curious and ask why you're spending so much time in one area and not in another area, especially if it's something that you doesn't make you feel great. So the key here is to reflect on how you are spending your time. Now, step two in this process is to become outcome aware. So be outcome aware. Let me explain. You're going to want to consider the outcomes of the activities and the tasks you currently spend your time on. Ask yourself this question. Will these activities and tasks benefit me 
or my family at the end of the day, the week, the month, or even the year. So really start asking yourself some questions. Consider which activities have a really long-term benefit. Which of the activities will your family still benefit from after three, five, 10, or even 20 years? And I'm telling you, this is a game changer when you start thinking about where you spend your time and the impact that that is going to have in a lengthier amount of time. And it really helps you get clear on how you want to spend your time. It did for me anyway. So you really want to consider which activities have a really long-term benefit. And then consider, do you have aspirations for yourself or your family that you don't spend time on? Is there something that in your mind you think, yes, this is important. But when you look at your calendar, your week-to-week calendar, you realize you're actually not spending time toward achieving that goal. That's important. And it's good that you've taken note of this. And I think most of us have something that we say is important, but maybe we don't put the time into. For me, this is something I need to improve right now. I say my health is important, but I am not putting time every single day of the week into getting exercise that is very intentional. And I need to do this. And I'm seeing the results of not doing it. So the purpose of this exercise is to simply become aware of what will happen if you keep doing what you've been doing with your time. And if there are things you know you should be doing with your time and you're not doing those things, becoming aware of the results of not doing those things. Here's what's probably going to happen. You will find that you need to make adjustments to how you are spending your time if you want different results than the results that are forthcoming with the way you're currently spending your time. So again, for me, if I don't make exercising daily a priority, then my health will decline, not improve. And I don't generally tend to think that there's a whole lot of stagnant. There's not a lot of, we're just staying the same. We're either improving something or it's getting worse. So keep that in mind. So step three is brainstorm your goals. And over time, this might become reevaluate your goals. Now, what you want to do is you want to think about what you want out of life. And on a piece of paper, just quickly write down everything that comes to mind. Now, this is a step where I think you can get bogged down and take too long. So just give yourself a time limit, like 10 minutes. Just do everything you can as quickly as possible. It's okay to be vague. So on a piece of paper, write down everything that comes to mind. Consider what will matter at the end of the month, the year, and even 10 or 20 years later. And on a piece of paper, write down your long-term goals for yourself and your family. So really think as far out as you are capable of thinking out. If five years seems about as long as you can imagine, go for five years. If 20 years is as long as you can imagine, go for 20. And if you can go further, go further. But the longest length of time that you could actually conceive in your mind and envision a little bit, go for that. Those are your long-term goals. And again, don't worry if it's a little vague because it's a long time away, right? But just having an idea of what you want really makes a difference. It really matters. Now consider how you can make progress toward your long-term goals over the next year. You want to write down any ideas that come to mind. And then consider what small, specific steps you can take toward your long-term goals over the next three months. So let's go back to the health thing. If I know I want to be a really fit person in 20 years, 
what can I do over the next three months to get there? Now we're homeschooling parents too. If you know you want your kids to be really well educated and that, I mean, that's very vague, right? But what few steps could you do to work toward that over the next three months? And just think in a three month window, we can really grasp three months from now. And gosh, as I'm recording this, we're still in the midst of the COVID pandemic. Sometimes it's hard to imagine what could happen in three weeks from now. But go with three months. Just think, what can I do to make progress toward this goal? Because whether COVID is here or not, I know I want these things. So what can I do each day or each week over the next few months to achieve that goal? And then you can want to actually write down a few I'm thinking like three to five short-term goals that you want to achieve in the next one to three months. So let's make it happen quick, right? Let's not take forever doing this stuff because I've heard this saying more times than I can count that we overestimate what we can get done in a day, but we underestimate what we can achieve in a lifetime. But I'm here to tell you, if you just keep making progress toward those goals a little bit day by day, a little bit over each week, you will get there. (laughs) So just keep that in mind. And the next thing is you need to remind yourself of your goals daily. And I really mean it daily. And we're going to talk another time about how you can do that daily. I have a lot of ideas that you might not have thought of because I do these things myself. All right, the next step is list your priorities. So, you know, this is the step-by-step guide to prioritizing your time. So here we are, list your priorities. Now, here's what I want you to do. Sit down, make a list of who and what matters to you. Again, you could get really bogged down in this and don't judge yourself. Just, Just do what comes to mind because it's easy to judge what you're writing down. And just list everything you can think of as quickly as you can. Again, give yourself five to 10 minutes. And you might even be able to do this in two minutes. It doesn't have to take a long time. Just do it quickly. Then go back and circle three to five of those things that you really want to focus on over the upcoming weeks or months. And again, let's just keep this within like the next three months. What do I want to focus on? But here's the thing. Those priorities should be in alignment with your long-term goals, right? So you will be making progress toward long-term, short-term if your priorities are in alignment with that. And that's why I had you do the goals first because it gets your mind thinking about what your real goals are and it helps you zone in on your priorities. So circle the few items, the like top three to five items that you want to focus on over the upcoming weeks or months. Then number those things, make a list with your highest priority at the top of the list and your lowest at the bottom. I suggest just focusing in on like this top five and don't even worry about numbering the others because reality is we only have so many hours in the day and those other things, you'll just fit them in where you can. So you're going to list those top three to five priorities. Now, step five is you want to plan to achieve your goals because all of this other stuff doesn't mean anything if you don't actually make a plan and take action, right? You're not just miraculously going to achieve your goals if you don't make a plan and take action toward achieving those goals. So let's plan to achieve your goals. Here's the first thing you need to do. Start by scheduling, I say an hour, to sit down and make a plan for the upcoming week. 
Now, this time frame is variable. If you have historically been really unorganized, I would want, I want to say you need more time. But if you've historically been really unorganized, I also recognize that for you, planning 20 or 30 minutes might be an accomplishment. Take anything. If you can get a bigger block of time, get a bigger block of time. If all you can get is 20 minutes, take the 20 minutes and just get started. So I I would encourage you to just as soon as this episode is over, go to your calendar and plan at minimum 30 minutes to plan for the following week. So just get that on the calendar. And if you need to plan it before anybody's up in the morning, just take 20 minutes when you can get it, if that's what you have to do. But you've got to start planning. It makes such a big difference in your life. And it really can help. It can help a lot. And we're going to talk more here. So stay with me. And I know some of you, if you aren't planners, are like, I could never do this. Just stay with me, please. Now, the key here is you want to use a calendar to remind you of your plan. I don't care if you use a paper calendar or a digital calendar, there are ups and downs to both of them. But what's most important is that you see that calendar on a regular basis. I have a paper calendar that I walk right past probably 20 times a day. I keep a, and I put like the family things on there, right? I don't put everything, but that way my kids can look at the calendar and know what's going on. Then for my personal one, I have a three ring binder. I carry it with me everywhere and it's pretty hefty. I don't necessarily take it in, but I have it available if I need to step up to my car. And I have recently started using a digital calendar a little bit. That has not always been my favorite thing. And part of it is I just want to focus and I don't want all these things going off. So, and in the distractions that come with a digital calendar on my phone. So, but you do what works for you. And if you haven't been doing any of that, something is better than nothing. It actually had never occurred to me that some people didn't use a calendar until I had a friend once say, I don't even use one of those things. Like, it's like she didn't quite even have the terminology for it. Like a calendar? No. Oh my gosh, I cannot even imagine living my life without a calendar. It would be very difficult because even something like a dentist appointment, I just want to know that it's coming up. I don't want to be surprised with a reminder from the dentist. I just want to know it's there and I need to schedule around it. So that's something, get a calendar if you don't have one. And you know what? I will link to some of my favorite calendars that I use and I'll do my favorite like big kitchen calendar, my favorite planner that I use. I'm always open to feedback. So when we do that, share with us what you like. So you want to plan your first planning time. That's the first step. You got to make the moment to do that because that is, it's also like a small win. If you plan to do this, this one single 30 minute or one hour, whatever you decide to do and you do it, something happens in your brain. It's like your brain says, yeah, I can make a plan. And I'll keep my plan. It's really important. So really that if you historically haven't been a planner, make that time slot happen when you are like 95% sure you can achieve it. It's going to be like the kids are puking and you've got laundry piled up to the ceiling. You know, that's why you wouldn't achieve it. But everything else should line up in, you know, anything. Just really plan that first planning time when you are almost 
positive you can achieve it because you want your mind to learn that you can make a plan and do it. There's there's a lot of things here. So it these things seem simple at the beginning, but there's always more to it than it seems. So that's your first step. Now you have kids. So what you want to do is add buffer time to nearly everything that you schedule. Give yourself extra time at the beginning and the end. Give yourself time for transitions. That's really important. Transition times are a big deal because you can get a little hung up and plan for those transitions. And the younger your kids are and the more kids you have, the more buffer time you need. And I know you're probably saying, but Jackie, I don't even have that time. I don't have buffer time. To get organized, you've got to get realistic with your time. All right. And then what you want to do is You've got your calendar, digital, paper, it doesn't matter. But you want to start by scheduling your number one priority items. So that list you made with items one through five, put in the number one things. Now, I want to say this. There are some things that are seemingly non-negotiable. If you have those seemingly non-negotiable things, just put them in. You know, if your kid has dance every Tuesday night, put that in. But I'm going to challenge you over time to look at what you think is non-negotiable and decide whether it's actually non-negotiable or not. But if that's what you need to do, do that. But ideally, you're putting in your number one priority things first. So if you say your health is a priority, you're going to go in and schedule those things first. Now in your mind, you know you've got these other things at different times, so you're probably going to schedule around it. You know, if you have a regular job, you're not going to schedule your exercise when you're working. But you want to put that in your calendar right away or you're not going to do it. And then schedule your number two priority items. Your number three, your number four, your number five. And do them in that order. And your calendar will quickly start filling up. So I do put in those non-negotiables, but I've worked through this too. I know for me, my priority list would start with myself because when I take care of myself, I can take care of others better, you know, and then my marriage and then my kids and so forth. But my kids are high on my priority list, right? So I'm going to schedule their things. But I know I've got to put in my time, but I'm not going to put my time in when I know I need to be driving a kid somewhere. So I think there's a little bit of a balance there between just that reality. But as you start putting these things into your calendar, really evaluate whether they align with your priorities. Because if they don't align with those top five priorities, Maybe they don't need to be taking up space on your calendar. That's for you to decide, but that's what I want to share here. All right, and then I would like to say plan for the unexpected. You have kids, you can expect the unexpected. For those high priority things, plan an extra slot of time to complete your highest priorities that didn't get completed when you had them planned. And you know what I mean, the kids got sick or... Okay, this happened with me recently. My daughter's in a photography class. Well, on Monday night, she learned on Wednesday night, they were going to go out and do photographs late at night. And it was like an hour away and it was a star thing. You know, they were photographing the stars. I did not know that was going to happen. But since my kids are number three on my priority list with me, my marriage, my kids, I'm going to make time for that. And I might need to shuffle something else into that extra time slot that I've saved for the unplannable things that I just couldn't have planned for because I was not going to deny her that opportunity. So that's what I mean. Plan for the unexpected. Okay. And then at the end of your week, you know, take a moment to reflect on what worked, what didn't work. And if you can't just get to it in its own time, 
do that when you go to plan for your following week because one of the first things you want to plan is when you're going to plan again. So I like to plan on Friday night or on Friday afternoon, I start planning my following week. And then on Monday, I reevaluate those plans or on Sunday evening, but I plan for reevaluating those. And then I actually do it like at the end of every day, I consider what's coming up next. And I write down just in a notebook, my top things for the following day, but they should all be in alignment and you've scheduled ahead of time. And so you want to reflect, redirect and refocus. And you're reflecting on what worked and what didn't work the week before you are redirecting in the following week. And this shouldn't take as much time. Each time you go to do this, it will be quicker and quicker. So you had your goals and all these things. These things should all be in alignment with one another and then refocus. So reflect, redirect, refocus, and start in with the next week with a new focus, but it should still align with your goals. And if at some point your goals change, well, then your priority list needs to change, right? And I want to say this too, we go through different seasons in our life where your priorities shift, which leads me into step six, follow your plan the best you can. Now, I want to say that making a plan is great, but implementing your plan will get you results. And you need to remember to use a calendar to remind you of your plan. Now, with that being said, we all know that homeschool families, we have kids, right? And we know that everything doesn't always go as planned. Now, I believe that the key to planning with kids is having a routine that they can come to expect. It makes your it makes things go a little bit easier. Transitions are easier when the kids have a routine. And we'll talk more about that another day as well. And letting your kids know what to expect in advance. And then leaving buffer time around those transition times. So I'm gonna just speak from experience here. I historically have had terrible seasonal allergies. You know, watery eyes, runny nose, the whole nine yards. So at some point I actually started going in for allergy shots every week where it helps prevent allergies. So when I first started doing this, we lived like two minutes from the allergist office. It literally was so fast, but my children were too young to leave at home alone. So in my mind, I would think, okay, we'll just go and run and do that real quick. Well, here's what would happen. I didn't share my plan with my kids. And while my oldest kid would transition and go do that pretty easily with me, my youngest kid, it might cause this whole outburst because she didn't know it was part of the plan. I didn't give her the warning that she needed. She's not a kid that just switches to something else real easy. She needs to know in advance that things are coming up. So what I should have done is said, today, we're going to go do this at this time. And I should have just done it at the same time every week. I didn't have to make an appointment. It was like a walk-in thing. And I had a choice of which days to do it. But I should have just made up my mind, I'm going to do this at this time on this day every week so she could come to expect it instead of having this weekly meltdown when she was little around me going to get this allergy shot. So letting your kids know about your plan is really, really helpful, especially if you have kids that aren't real adaptable. So I want to say if you haven't been a planner in the past, this is going to take some effort. Don't expect miracles the first week. Expect a little frustration and a little progress. Remember to reflect, redirect, and refocus when you sit down for your next weekly planning session. And remember you are looking for progress, not perfection. I want to say that your plan is like a roadmap. You're going to have construction and detours along the way. 
that's to be expected. It's going to happen. So just roll with it the best that you can and then get back to your plan. All right, so let's sort of wrap this up and reiterate what we went through for your step-by-step guide to prioritizing your time. In summary, when you're prioritizing your time, remember these six steps. Number one is reflect, redirect, and refocus. Number two is be outcome aware. Number three, brainstorm your goals. Number four, list your priorities. Number five, plan to achieve your goals. Number six, follow your plans the best you can. And in essence, you want to align your tasks and activities with your goals and highest priorities. You want to keep the activities that really matter. And you want to eliminate almost everything out of your life that won't matter in a year. You want to look at the big picture. You want to spend your time in ways that move your life and your family's life forward in the way that you envision. And just a little side note here, you want to learn to kindly say no. Now we're not just talking about your kids. I'm talking about to other adults, to other things that you maybe have previously said yes to. I think it's really important to understand the power of no, because when we say yes to one thing, we are saying no to something else. So just wrap your mind around that for a moment, that if you say, yes, I'll go help you, whoever you may be, with X, Y, Z, you might be saying no to some of those priorities that rate higher for you. So consider that when you say yes or when you say no. And remember that what you're saying yes to should be in alignment with your highest priority items. And that will help you make forward progress. So I really do believe that prioritizing your time allows you to do the things that have the greatest positive impact for your family and your community. Now, if you need help putting this into action, or if you have questions about homeschooling, then you are welcome to book a call with me. I reserve a limited number of slots each week for my podcast listeners. So definitely check the link below. And in that article, you will discover how you can book a call with me. Also remember to check in at homeschoolthinktank.com to learn more about how we serve homeschooling families. You have a great week. Live and learn your way. My name is Jackie and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye. to say thank you for listening to the homeschool think tank parenting podcast if you've enjoyed this mindset monday episode it would be great if you would follow this podcast and share it with a friend i would really enjoy hearing what you think of these episodes so if you're feeling inspired please take a moment to leave a comment too be sure to check the link below to discover more mindset monday episodes and discover information about improving your mindset Also, if you want full access to our playlist, you can sign up at homeschoolthinktank.com slash mindset. Remember, when you sign up to access our playlists, you'll be able to use our advanced podcast search engine to quickly bring you right to the moment you are looking for. If you are interested in being a guest on the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast, or you want to learn more about how we serve homeschool families, be sure to visit homeschoolthinktank.com. 
I'll see you later this week for our next episode about homeschooling and again on Monday for our next episode about mindset. My name is Jackie and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Have a great week. Live and learn your way.